Good morning, good afternoon, good day, good evening, good night. Whatever time you're listening to this podcast, welcome and thank you for joining me again for First Aid Basics. I'm your host, Jay. This episode, we're going to discuss airway emergencies, some review of anatomy structures, and first aid theory for choking for adult, infant, and child. And just as a review and recap from previous episodes, this is theory-based only. Um, There is no way to practice this over a podcast, so this is, again, just a, a theory review for the signs, symptoms, and first aid for choking. We'll also discuss some safety measures of causes, prevention, and uh, some just basic around-the-home safety. All right, first thing we're going to talk about is a review of basic anatomical structures for how we breathe, how our airway is patent or open and not obstructive in any form or fashion, and just as a review for the primary and secondary survey, for someone who is breathing, their respiration should be effortless and generally quiet without making any noise. An adult normal respiration is between 12 and 20, um, and the child is usually a little bit faster, like 30 to 40, and then the infant, the small babies, they're generally 30 to 50, okay? So, again, some books will say one thing, some books say other, so we're not here to squander over one or two respirations. Um, Anatomically speaking, the airway starts at the opening of the nose and the mouth, okay, so that's called the nasal and oral pharyngeal airway, so that's in the back of the throat. Your trachea is the breathing tube, and um, you can actually feel part of it on the front of your throat if you touch lightly the what what people call the Adam's apple. Uh, that's that's part of the, the the airway itself. That's part of the trachea. Okay. And as the trachea goes down into uh, the upper chest cavity thoracic cavity, it branches off into right and left bronchi, okay? And then that sub-branches down into the different parts of the lungs where uh, the gas is exchanged in what's called the alveoli. So that, that's where the oxygen and the carbon dioxide exchange gases is in the alveoli, okay? In the thoracic or chest cavity, um, there is a muscle, and I mentioned it in the anatomy episode, called the diaphragm and that actually that does uh, has two jobs it's a muscle that helps in aiding breathing and it also separates the chest cavity from the abdominal cavity breathing by nature is an autonomic nervous system Uh, response we breathe normally and don't even think about it because it's part of our brain that just tells us when to breathe and when to breathe in and breathe out. 
The air, the ambient air for most people, has a concentration of about 20.5 to 21% oxygen, okay? Depending on elevation and um, environmental surroundings. So, When someone has an obstructed airway, they generally present in a few different um, signs and symptoms. Uh, right off the bat, we break that down into uh, partial airway obstruction with good airway management, meaning they're able to cough, breathe, or speak. And then uh, partial airway obstruction with poor airway management, meaning the only breathing or sound you may hear is a high-pitched wheeze, and that's the the air going around whatever is obstructing the airway. Then there's a complete airway obstruction where there's no breathing at all, um, and the person may turn blue or gray. For someone who's still conscious, they have a very panicked look about their face. Um, their eyes get wide, even in, in children and babies. Um, they understand something's not right. They're not able to breathe like they should be. Some of the causes if we can prevent the cause, then we don't have to do the first aid, which an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, I think someone once said. Safety around your home, safety at your work. Um, if you're dealing with children, making sure that the uh, age-appropriate toys or items are only within reach of that child. Um, making sure that children are eating um, in a seated or resting position, not running around and eating. Um, and that goes for adults too. We're just as bad as they are. And I always say that eating and driving is probably one of the, the worst things you can do because uh, if you choke, the domino effect of if you go unconscious or you can cause an accident and then then the cascade effect of repercussions in that. Okay. Um, for the child care courses that I have taught, um, there is actually, uh, in, in the region I'm in, where I mentioned it's highly regulated, there is a, um, a diagram, a plastic or metal diagram, and it's got little size holes in it for um, appropriate size toys for that age. So some may be as small as a pinky up to the size of a thumb or the size of a uh, the diagram, uh, size of a uh, Canadian quarter or American quarter. Um, so it just all depends and I, I think that's a really nice way of uh, segregating the toys for the age appropriateness of the children. Another big sticking point for safety and food is hot dogs, sausages, etc. Um, years ago, I taught um, child safe courses for new parents and, and grandparents. And one of the things we talked about was hot dogs and sausages, etc. And uh, we won't get into the nutrition of said meat products. That's a totally different topic, but the di uh, diameter of that so hot dog is almost perfectly the same diameter of 
of the child's airway. So um, there's ways of going around being safe, cutting it lengthways, and then maybe cutting it crossways so you have smaller bites for a smaller child. I know uh, if you're making a hot dog with the bun or the bread, uh, no child wants to eat something that's been split. It doesn't look appealing, but there's always ways of making it fun. Um, throwing some condiments or some cheese or some just something that when the actual hot dog itself is split how, uh, down the middle, um, you can always jazz it up with something or another to uh, make it more appealing to a child. So those are some of the safety thoughts for prevention of choking. Uh, another safety thought is people with uh, false teeth or dentures. Um, for someone who has dentures, new dentures, never had them before, they have to learn how to chew and swallow food. Not so much swallow, but chew oh, all over again. Uh, because unlike people with natural or, or or still teeth in their their mouth there's no nerve endings on those dentures so there's no sensation of knowing how well the food has been chewed so that person has to learn basically chewing process all over again um, speaking of dentures if um, the person who has been given dentures only wears them twice a year it's not going to fit uh, your mouth changes shape over time and so do the gums if um, the grandparent only wears them for special occasions such as birthdays and holidays, chances are they're not going to fit and be more of a hindrance than anything. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Some of the signs and symptoms of an airway obstruction, uh, like I mentioned before, that panic look in their eyes. Uh, most people recognize the universal sign of choking is is grabbing at their throat um, and that is universally recognized as there's there's something wrong I need help so as mentioned previous if the airway is partially obstructed with good air exchange meaning they're able to cough or breathe or speak there may there there may be some changes in color like a reddish color to their cheeks or or whatnot um, just stand by and encourage them to keep coughing as they are able to get the object up. We uh, don't have to physically intervene at this moment. It's easier if, if the person can get the object up on their own um, than if we prematurely start giving abdominal thrust or back blows uh, can cause more harm or a full obstruction. Right? Now speaking of which, I'm using 2018 guidelines, and this is uh, November of 2020. So we're still using the current um, first aid guidelines for choking. Uh, there are three recommendations, and um, though you may see in some courses um, particular order, the agencies I teach with uh, both say, there, you use two of the three um, first aid measures to get the airway clear. Uh, I like to always start off with the back blows, um, just because uh, sometimes it's easier to 
get those back blows started and hopefully the uh, airway will become unobstructed. We use five back blows and use the heel of your hand in between the shoulder blades. Now for an adult or a child, the, you would bend the person om, om, as almost as horizontal as possible at the hips, have them bend over. Um, you would take your non-dominant hand, so for me it's my left hand, I would diagonally place it across their chest. So my fingers would be at their right collarbone and my elbow would be, oh, about their less left breast. That supports their upper body, so when we're giving them the back blows, they're not being thrown to the ground. So from there, we're constantly telling the, the casualty, the patient, bend over, bend over, bend over, because someone who's in that panic mode is not listening. They, they're in survival mode, so you really need to be calm and reassuring. I'm here to help you. Listen to my instructions. Bend over. And once we get them as horizontal as we can, like I said, we're going to get five back blows using the heel of our hand in between the shoulder blades. Now, for an adult, um, a, a young or middle-aged adult, we can use a pretty good amount of force for those who are children or older people. Let's say, let's use that 5 and 50 rule or the, the 6 and 60 uh, guideline. You would use less force and um, build up from there if needed. Um, I like to use the the example of the 90-year-old person who is choking and you give them uh, uh, the same amount of force you would for a 20-year-old, you might get the airway open, but there could be some serious uh, side, side consequences that you weren't intending. So um, I would dare say on the side of caution, use less force for someone who's older or younger, and then you can always um, go up from there. So we give five back blows, and depending on what course you have taken, um, some of the BLS courses that I teach, um, we instruct the, uh, the healthcare professionals to check the airway between each back blow to make sure that, that it's still uh, obstructed. In our general public courses, like uh, our non-healthcare professionals, we just, in ensure that they do the five back blows and then afterwards uh, go to our next step which is five abdominal thrust or five chest thrust and that's going to be determined on the patient uh, the casualties size uh, if you can get your arms around their abdomen and we'll also determine if they are in a seated position such as a wheelchair or um, just sitting at a table and has begun to choke Now, just as a reminder, if the second or third back blow or abdominal thrust, uh, they start breathing on their own, don't continue to the, f to the fifth one just because you may have seen it somewhere. It's uh, all the books and teaching guides say up to five of this or five of that. All right. So we've given our five back blows. Now we need the person who's standing just to stand erect. So stand up, stand up, stand up. Um, there's a couple of ways of finding the next um, landmark. Uh, I find personally, uh, this is the one that a lot of people kind of get embarrassed in a classroom setting. 
because uh, you're touching some strangers and it's all f- it's kind of fun and games in a, in a learning environment. But I tell people, if you use your your outer part of your your hands like a you know the karate chop style that you would see on movies or TV shows, you would use the outer part of your hand, so the the, the side facing your pinky, and start at the hips. You find the hip bone with both hands on either side, and you would keep your hands where the hip bones start, and gradually but quickly uh, meet where the your your middle fingers are touching on the front of the abdomen, and that is generally the the belly button or the navel, however you want to look at it. That's our landmark. That's where we want to start with. So from there. Uh, depending on your local training area, they may say keep that finger there and then place um, the fir- first finger above it as a, as a second landmark and then take your fist of your other hand. Now when I say fist, I don't mean punching fist. I mean your thumb is tucked inside your first and second finger and where that space is, your thumb is tucked in, that's going to be the spot that you're landmarking just above uh, the navel. Okay? So depending on your local uh, training authority, it could be the middle finger that you found the, the navel with and then the closed fist thumb side in just above the, na- uh, the, the middle finger. Or it could be um, you've landmarked with the middle finger, you have your first finger up, just lined up above the navel then you would take your closed fist thumb inside and just above the first finger uh, so tomato tomato you're you're really you want to make sure you're about uh, a one or one and a half centimeters above the navel but well below uh, the xiphoid process which is the bottom tip of the sternum okay then from there while we have our fist just above the navel we're going to take our other hand which was the one that found uh, the navel itself and place on top as a support to the thumb tucked fist okay on the on the abdomen and then from this position you want to make sure that you are comfortable that your uh, nice thing to do if you have the time and the resources is try to put one foot between their feet so just have have them their feet kicked apart so that you you have one leg in between their leg and I'll get to the reasons why in a moment so from there we would not punching pushing so you're going to push in the abdomen in a J motion so if you if you imagine yourself you're 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 taking your hand and you're making the letter J with your fist you're not hitting, you're not striking, you're not punching. You're just pushing in and up in a J motion in a very quick, very quick um, response. So you would do that up to five times. If the airway is still not clear, you would go back to your back blows. Same landmarking as before, same landmark for your non-dominant hand. Give five back blows. Go back to the either abdomen and this time uh, just as a reference if you cannot put your arms around their abdomen for whatever reason you would do chest thrust to get that alternative um, 
airway open. Okay? The there are different ways of finding the landmarking. I find the simplest one and the easiest one for people to grasp is you would take both of your arms, so you're standing behind the casualty, and put each arm under the casualty's arms and you're kind of almost lifting their armpits so once you get your your arms so it basically would be near your elbow is under their armpit you would wrap your hands around their chest right in the middle okay that's the sternum or the breastbone uh, do take caution that you're not at the tip so the xiphoid okay but once your arms have hit or directly under their armpits make a fist with one hand just like you did for the abdomen thumb tucked inside and take the other hand for support over the fist and you would push straight in for five of chest thrust so that's the chest thrust the abdominal thrust and the back blows you would keep repeating either the back blows and chest thrust or the back blows and abdominal thrust or in this case you would do uh, abdominal thrust chest thrust for someone who's in a seated position we don't do back back blows on someone who's in a seated position um, that has further complications if you do back blows you could push them or, or throw them out the the chair and if it's someone that's in, in a wheelchair we don't want to complicate anything where it gets uh, more interesting is for someone who is in a seated position and maybe is in the sign, uh, you can physically tell that they're pregnant or you really f can't get your arms around their abdomen, you would just do repeated chest thrust until the airway comes open or the person goes unresponsive. And we'll get to that momentarily. So you would repeat two of the three techniques until A, the object comes up, B, they go unresponsive, and that's a different subject altogether or see someone takes over for you so maybe the uh, uh, EMS has arrived don't wait till the person goes unresponsive to call EMS if you notice that someone has started choking have EMS in route it's easier to say no we're fine they, they don't need your help they started breathing on their own whatever than it is to wait to the last minute going, oh no, I've waited too long. Now I have this X amount of time before anybody helps me. So get EMS started as fast as possible. Now that those techniques are for adults and children. Now just as a recap, for first aid, a child is considered from the ages of one to eight. And uh, a baby or an infant is considered less than one. This is not a BLS review course, so this is only going to talk about general, public, uh, first aid and CPR. BLS, when it comes to um, subdivisions of neonates versus infants, this is not that topic. This is a very broad first aid uh, podcast. All right, so for the infant or baby who is choking, you would still have that wide-eyed, panic-looked. Um, now, obviously, babies might not be able to grab at their throat or know what's going on. But you still have that panic-looked. The color will change really rapidly on these little little people. Um, gray, ashen color to a blue, almost to a purple color. 
Now, this one's a little bit trickier if you've never taken a, 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 an actual in-class first aid course. Um, again, this is all theory-based. You would take the baby. Now, remember, all these people are still conscious, so there may be some struggle, especially in a baby, uh, to get them the way you need to to help clear their airway. Place the baby face up. Uh, I'm right-handed, so I'm going to use my right hand my right arm so that I'm holding the baby's head with my right hand. I'm supporting the head and neck. The core of the baby, so the chest and the abdomen, are across my forearm. And the legs uh, and the arms are kind of sprawled on either side. From here, I'm going to take my left arm and sandwich the baby so I can get him or her turned over without covering the mouth and nose with my left hand. So basically what you're trying to do is keep the mouth and nose open, but still secure the baby's head from moving and flopping around. Okay. So once we've done that, we're gonna turn the baby to uh, face down position so that now they're resting on my left arm and my left hand is sec securing their, their lower jaw without interfering with the airway so that I'm not covering their mouth or their nose. Now from here we want gravity to help us as much as possible. We would make sure that the baby's head is lower than the body and we would deliver five back blows. Same landmark as an adult or a child so it's in between the shoulder blades um, for practice or visual representation, it may be easier to uh, feel for the, the shoulder blades before you start doing the, the back blow so that you're at the right position. And that's, this is why taking an, an in-class course is so important. You get a better idea of what you're looking for. Okay. So you'll give up to five back blows. Uh, people have asked in the past, what's the force do I use? How much, you know, I don't want to hurt the baby, but I, I don't want it to be ineffective. Uh, I compare it to burping a baby. If you've ever burped a baby, especially a gassy baby, you know, there's a, there's some force going on because you need to get that air bubble out of the, their stomach. Same concept for the force it will use for a back blow. So you give up to five back blows with the heel of your hand. And then you would turn the baby over, just like we did a moment ago, securing the baby so he's not, he or she is not flopping around and maintaining good support of the head and neck. Now here, with the head of the baby still at a downward angle, about a 30 or so degree angle, 30 to 40 degree angle, we, uh, we want to find the baby's sternum with two fingers. Now, if you remember how I described finding the landmark for the adult under the armpits. Same idea, we're gonna take one finger on the baby's armpit, drag it across so that we're halfway across the chest. That's the sternum itself. And then you would use two fingers to give five chest thrust, up to five chest thrust if needed, while the baby's head is down. From there, if the object Object is still in the airway, repeat to the five back blows and then five chest thrusts until the airway uh, becomes uh, clear and the baby starts uh, breathing on their own. Okay. 
complications for doing uh, first aid for choking. There are complications. Uh, there could be anything from broken ribs to uh, internal bruising of the abdomen, um, just number of, of things that can happen during um, first aid attempts of clearing the airway. We want you to be safe and prudent, but we also want you to realize that if that airway is not open and, and patent, the person will die. Okay? You, you, you have basically around four minutes before the heart, uh, before you start, the heart starts to uh, st stop beating, uh, and then you have some, some serious trouble here. All right, as a recap, this episode we discussed uh, choking for an adult, choking for a child, choking for a baby, signs and symptoms, causes, and the first aid treatment thereof. If you're in a position where you can't take a proper uh, in-class course, there are videos, there are uh, agencies who do offer blended learning which would be partially online and then you would come in to do the hands-on portion in a um, safe classroom environment. Okay. I know that the age of COVID everything's changed, everything's topsy-turvy, but this is the new norm for the time being and uh, for our own safety we improvise, we adapt, and we overcome that's how we work as humans. We, we need to adapt to the situation. All right. So thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. Um, just as a little uh, reminder, I didn't forget about the unconscious choking. That's going to be discussed in a separate topic altogether as per the new first aid guidelines. Um, so I didn't forget about you. Just stay tuned. It will happen. And thank you very much. You have a wonderful day.